Oh, here, my name is Brian White. I am so glad that you're here this morning and everybody online, um, welcome. We've been in the midst of a series looking at the Beatitudes. That's the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. And um, Beatitudes are a, kind of a list of different blessings that Jesus says these types of category of people are blessed. And, you know, I, I think it's important to get some translations uh, will say happy. The, the word is makarios in, in Greek, and it be, can tr- be translated either way, blessed or happy. And, and I think sometimes when we hear it said, uh, read as happy, we really realize how kind of counterintuitive Jesus' words are. Uh, happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Happy are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now today we're going to look at the the fifth beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Or happy are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Now, why are they happy? Uh, Why are they going to receive mercy? It's because they were merciful. Because they gave mercy. Just a few more minutes down into the Sermon on the Mount. uh, Jesus is going to say in 542, Give to everyone who begs from you. Do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. And then he takes it even further in the next couple verses. Uh, you have heard it was said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the righteous and rain on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you and you reward those Uh, I mean, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that's not our world, right? That's not our ethic. We might give lip service to things like that, but that's not our way. And that's the exact point Jesus is trying to hit. You know, these, these, these sayings, they're glimpses of heaven, of how things are done in heaven, how things happen, way, the way things occur when God is in charge, when God is ruling. And the point, we don't need to wait to experience that type of life. This is what he means later on in the Sermon on the Mount when he teaches us to pray He says, we're supposed to pray that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what he's saying here is, I've been telling you what my kingdom looks like, how you act in my kingdom. Now, if you're going to be my follower, you need to pray that you act this way right now. So in the fifth beatitude, Jesus says, if we're going to be his followers, we need to show mercy. I think it's really interesting. If you look at the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus quotes in in the gospel, you know, there there are so many Old Testament scriptures that he could have chose, you know, to quote. And and so when he does, I think it's really important because we get kind of 
a glimpse into Jesus' thought. And he quotes Hosea 6.6 twice in Matthew alone. Hosea 6.6, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire mercy. So when Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy, on one level, he's kind of laying down some expectations for his followers, right? Because it's basically an if-then formula. If you are merciful, then you will receive mercy. And that's really hard. One commentator, I, I read this last week, he said that showing mercy is kind of a test of our obedience to Jesus' ethic. Are we passing the test? Who are the merciful? John Calvin said the merciful are those who take on others' problems, others' troubles, excuse me, those who take on others' troubles. I think that's really interesting because that's really what's going on in the heart of the people Jesus pronounces blessed. The type of person who would take on another person's troubles. Meaning people who are empathetic which is a very different thing than sympathetic. We get the two kind of convoluted, I think. You know, sympathy is having compassion for another person. It's, it's feeling sorry for another person. And empathy is so much deeper, right? Empathy is the ability to understand the feelings of another. Empathy is experiencing someone else's feelings, sharing them, Understanding and feeling their pain. Empathy is really understanding another person. They matter that much. You really care about the other. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. They in Greek, it's, it's third person plural, it's, it's auto. And the, the point is, uh, it's like Jesus pointing to a group of people, those people right over there, and saying they are merciful, and they are going to receive mercy, which means there are people who are not in that group. The people who are not being merciful, and they're not going to receive mercy. Mercy. That's the exact same logic we hear in the Lord's Prayer later on in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, if you hear depths and debtors when we say that, our next sermon series on the... the um, our Lenten sermon series is going to be on the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to leave why some of us want to hear trespasses, some of us want to hear debtors. We'll talk about that because that's kind of getting off, off track right now. But the point right now is, if we are going to receive forgiveness, we need to forgive others. If we're going to receive mercy, we need to give mercy to others. Later on in Matthew, Jesus tells a, a really famous parable in chapter 18. He said, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he began the reckoning, 
one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment made. So the slave fell on his knees before him and said, have patience with me, have patience with me, and I will pay everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave the debt. But, there's always a but, the same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. And then his fellow slave fell down, pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. And he went and threw him into prison until he could pay off the debt. And when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. And the Lord summoned him and said, you wicked slave, I forgave you all of that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy upon you? And his anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father, Jesus says, will do to everyone if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. This parable is like the fifth beatitude, only kind of backwards, right? Jesus is saying, once we have received mercy, we need to impart mercy to others. Salvation, forgiveness, mercy, grace. You know, if, if we have really received it, we're going to give it. I came across an amazing quote this last week by Dale Bruner, who for years was at, at Whitworth and um, great scholar from the Northwest. And I saw um, my wife Tammy's a graphic artist and she does a lot of our um, social media. And she, she actually made a, a, a post for that, this quote last week. Being a merciful, forgiving, or loving person is not a condition of God's grace, but it is a necessary consequence. That's this parable. That's this beatitude. That's 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. If we accept Jesus' offer of salvation, that means Jesus is king of our lives. We're residents of his kingdom. And mercy and grace and forgiveness and love, they are experienced in, in Jesus' kingdom. They aren't just received, is the point. But they're experienced in Jesus' kingdom. The citizens of his kingdom not only receive mercy and grace and forgiveness and love, they give it to others as well. So does that mean we're going to lose mercy if we don't offer mercy to others? I think that's missing the point. Generally, the parable that I read a couple of minutes ago, it's called the, the parable of the unforgiving servant or something like that. And, you know, Jesus never titled his parables. And I think sometimes we get kind of off track when uh, somebody edits something and... and 
What if instead of the parable of the unforgiving servant, we called it something like the servant who was offered forgiveness, but didn't really accept it? How would that change our understanding of that parable? Because if forgiveness was actually received, what happened with this debtor would simply never have occurred. If forgiveness was really received, when the servant sees the man who owes him the money, he would have just kind of waved and said, hey, have a nice day. The servant in the parable owed 100,000 talents. Now, I know we don't quite get that, but that's, that's an absurd amount. That's like billions of dollars, you know, in our economy today. Billions. The entire Roman world held about $850,000 at the time. So, I mean, this is more money than their society had altogether. So can you imagine being forgiven that type of debt? And then right after you forgive, or you're forgiven, you see a guy who owes you 100 denarii. That's like 20 bucks. Now, it's not throwaway back then. So that's about three months' wages for, you know, the regular peasant in Jesus' day. But still, next to billions. I mean, so if the servant had really received forgiveness, he would have just kind of said to the man who owed him, hey, you know, I, I, I already forgot about it. You know, just, just your slate's clean. Don't even worry about it. And that would have been it. But the servant wasn't free from his debt. He still felt like he needed everything he could get. And the servant was offered forgiveness, but he didn't really internalize it and accept it. The experience of the kingdom of God means mercy is not only possible, it's a way of life if we are really residents of Jesus' kingdom. And he is our king. That is the way the citizens of Jesus' kingdom act, with love, with grace, with forgiveness and mercy. And doesn't living that way just sound like a blessing? Happy are the merciful. They'll receive mercy. Jesus calls us to just abandon our rights. Leave our worries behind and take up the cause of God. That's being kingdom people. And, and I know it's hard, especially when you have been wronged. But you know, the alternative path, that's, that's the path of self-destruction. We know this. Grudges, wanting revenge. You know, that stuff just eats you up inside, right? Those things, they kind of take over and they become the Lord of your life eventually. But when we give the same type of mercy that we receive, we're relieved of that burden. And it's heavier than we realize. Giving mercy, it does that. And it helps us remember what receiving mercy is like. Because that servant in that parable, it can be any one of us. Or better yet, that servant is every one of us, right? I mean, one day you're summoned to the king and you go to the palace 
and you enter into the door and you're greeted. And they lead you in the room and you, you wait for the king. And he comes in and a man following with a ledger is there and you notice the book and, and it's not a page, it's the book has your name on it. And the king looks and he says, you have an incredible debt. Yes, sir, I really want to pay it off, but I just don't have it. It's so much I can't even hope to pay. It's not possible. And the king turns to discuss with his servant who's carrying the ledger and you notice the scars on his forehead and the holes in his hands. And the king says, this man has paid your price. You're free to go. You know what paying that type of bill costs? And if we accept that gift, if we really accept that gift, don't you think it means we offer the same? And if we do, what a blessing. Happy are the merciful. They will receive mercy. Jesus offered his body and his blood that we would be forgiven. It's an act of mercy. It's an act of grace. It's an act of love. On the night in which he was betrayed, he brought his friends, his deceivers, together. And they shared a meal. It was the Passover. Everything in the meal was symbolic. But especially the wine. The wine reminded them of the night that God freed the Hebrew slaves. He told Moses, tell the people, I'm going to send the angel of death through to wipe out everyone, and I want you to take the blood of the lamb, and I want you to paint it upon your doors, and when that angel of death comes and sees the blood, you'll be set free. And the bread, it reminded them there again of that night when God told Moses, don't even wait for your bread to rise. When I call, you go. I am going to free you from your bonds. Jesus said, I am the body broken for you. Broken 
to show you mercy. Broken to offer you grace. Broken because I love you. Broken that you may be forgiven. And I offer my blood as the price. Pray with me, Lord, I thank you for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that this bread and this cup might be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts and upon us. Help us to be citizens of your kingdom, living on earth as it is in heaven, giving mercy, giving grace, and awaiting that final day when we will feast at your heavenly banquet. All honor, glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to share in this mystery. Amen.